welcome to The Perfect Blend, the podcast where we pair the books we read with a delicious cup of tea. I'm Shelley Haskell. And I'm Candy Beaker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Perfect Blend. My name is Candy. And I am Shelley. And we are always so happy to have you join us for our book and tea discussion. This week is really cool. <laughs> yes, we picked a new book. It had just come out November 28th, The Kingdom of Sweets by Erica Johansson. Yep. Erica Johansson grew up in San Francisco Bay Area, and she went to Swarthmore College in Pennsylvania, and she did this Iowa's Writers Workshop, and she became an attorney, which is kind of like a complete jump from one thing to another, but she never stopped writing. She now lives in England, and she has some other books called the Queen of Tearling series, and this book, The Kingdom of Sweets, is a holiday Christmas release based on the Nutcracker. It is a holiday Christmas release, but... But I, I don't know if I put this in my Christmas books just because it's a, if I were a dark horror type person, sure. Because it is a, a dark horror type genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's definitely not. Your it's not Christmassy. No, it's not Christmassy. And before we get into it, mm-hmm. let's talk about teas. Because I yes. know you got a new order and I'm excited to hear about this. I did get some new teas and I, oh, Christmas teas. That's what I wanted to sing to you. Oh, Christmas teas. I love them so much. This one is gingerbread tea from Adagio Teas. And I got their Christmas package and they're 12 days of Christmas as well. I bought two different things, but I'm making little packets with the Christmas tea blends for some friends. But the 12 days of Christmas one, I'm keeping that for myself. (laughs) I'm going to have to order it. I knew I was going to have to. This is delicious. It's got ginger, cinnamon, orange, and some gingerbread flavoring in it. So it's just a strong black tea with that smell of ginger and cinnamon, which is so Christmassy. I love it. I went with my David's tea, little peppermint wheel of different varieties of Christmas teas, and I chose Sleigh Ride. Oh. Uh, Yeah. It's apple, candied pineapple, hibiscus blossom, candied papaya, beetroot, cinnamon, raisins, coconut rasps, roasted almonds, and popped rice. Oh, wow. It's a very fruity flavored tea, but I thought since we do visit the land of the sugar plum fairy that that it would be appropriate, but I, I didn't have any teas that really went to the dark side. But my little gingerbread, I just thought about the gingerbread man with his, his arms in the story. He was in bad shape. Not the gumdrop buttons. <laughs> That's all I could think of. It was strange. It was so strange. We both want to thank you for giving us a listen. We would love it if you would leave comments or book suggestions and leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify if you enjoy your time with us. Yes, that would be wonderful. Because we would like to hear what books you want to hear about and what teas we pair them with. This was a very strange book and I liked it as a Stephen Kingy type. I like that kind of stuff where you're delving into worlds. But then I started reading reviews and I started thinking about it from other people's perspectives. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, wow. It's a story about Natasha and Clara. And we know about Clara and the Nutcracker. But in this one, Drosselmeyer bestows a, a curse, a gift, whatever you want to call it, on the twin daughters. It's not just Clara, like in the Nutcracker, it's Clara and Natasha. And Clara is light, Natasha is dark, and everything goes wonderfully for Claire. 
and Natasha seems to be the cursed one. And that curse just permeates out into the kingdom they live in. And nobody wants anything to do with her because she's cursed. Mm-hmm. It starts off with the birth of the girls on Christmas Eve. And mm-hmm. that is a powerful night for Christian celebrations. But it that harkens back and it, that it's also a powerful time for pagan magic. So it's kind of weird that they kind of pull that in as well. It's not mm-hmm. through it the whole time, but it's definitely in there in a couple of places. This is a time before World War One, So right. this is, I think it takes place in Germany. Germany, um, Russia, somewhere in there. It, because I, the people that are mentioned in the book, at first I did think it was Germany, but then when it got to the end part, it was like, well, this was really Russia. I don't know. I think it was very weird how that happened, but I don't know that it was ever really addressed in the story. But it doesn't really matter about that. I know that the time period is the end of the gentry, noblemen, mm-hmm. aristocracy across Europe. The time before the war, the First World War, where we're seeing people's wealth that was based on land Earth ownership. Stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we see, even at the very beginning, that Drosselmeyer is a man of financial means in a money lending, interest building, favor gathering way, which is mm-hmm. not your not the aristocracy's way of having money. So they're ending up having to go to him and he just keeps but he also has this incredibly dark magical side. And when he says light and dark to these girls, we think that Clara is the privileged and Natasha, she says that she now sees all the dark side of life. But she's she in the feels- shadows and in the yes. shadows, you can see more mm-hmm. where Clara, the light kind of blinds you to things. Natasha is in the shadows and in the shadows, you can see the things that the light blinds you to. I thought that I was thought- very interesting. At the I did too. And so I think throughout the story there is a play on what is real what's worthy of focus is it the pretty girl who has everything done for her, who has all the privilege open to her. And we see that she is just as tainted and spoiled in many ways throughout the story, mm-hmm. more so than Natasha. And and how much does that kind of whitewash over her beauty just kind of lets things go much easier for her because men pride themselves on having this beauty as a treasure. So she was just an object as a doll as well, I thought. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. They all were objects of it. And tainted is a good word. I think the whole village was tainted one, in one way or another. They owe Drosselmeyer the focus on the magic, the letting people get away with things that shouldn't be gotten away with. Clara is a prime example. She could do whatever she wanted and she really didn't care. There was no deep to her underneath. There was nothing because this, I have been blessed with light. Everything's supposed to go my way. I really don't have to think about consequences or other people's feelings or how me getting things in spite of, or to keep it from other people. That's not my concern. Yeah. I mean, the consequences of her comforts were not of her concern in any way. No, she had no concern. And Natasha, I really wondered, at first I thought she's going to have such strength of character. And her being able to see this is somehow going to make things work. You know, I kind of saw her as the unsung anti-hero type. And then I was really disappointed in how she (laughs) turned out. She was obviously meant to be what you said. An anti-hero, the dark come to life. She was the slag. She was the 
She was the slag. They, she was kind of like the sacrifice for making Clara this. I mean, that was my opinion. She was for just sure. a throwaway. For sure in, in some of this, but I'm not so sure for when we start learning about why they were split. So the, the piece that happens in it is that the twins were one. The mother went to Drosselmeyer to help her have children. And he used that opportunity to work some magic and he split. So the twins were one. One they, soul. One soul. And from that magic, I don't know who provided him more juice for his life. I don't know. They don't really talk about that, but they do. Yeah, they do. Which one? Yeah, I know. But anyway, I don't want to go down the path. I don't want to say too much about it. So because I don't want to give too much away. So I really, it's a new book and I don't want to over expound on pieces in it. It is interesting the way you start looking at what is light, what is dark. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think Natasha did not become a champion, but in another way, she is the realist and she does see things for what they are. And in all respects, but one. Oh my God. You are so right. To me, that was the whole downfall of where I thought her character was going to go. I thought that being able to see things for how they really were, even the situation she was in, she had to know that it was never going to be anything more than it was and that she didn't and that she carried this torch and that just really turned me off to Natasha. It's kind of like, oh, you're just you're just as bad as the rest of them. She was. And I have to say, I mean, I will say, we're not going to wait this. She, it's her love interest. But her love interest is, and we could see it from the very get-go. He sneaks in. He's, he's taken advantage of her vulnerabilities to want to be loved. We can see all the bad things from the get-go. She could not. And then whether it was the only time she felt love or yeah. whether she did not want to let go of of the dream that would have made her foolish, you know, yeah. if she would have yeah. seen it, she didn't want to let go of that. And so maybe that character flaw totally permeated through so much of it. It made her choices tainted by it. You, you know? do, you, when you have that overwhelming desire to be loved, to want something, I can understand that. But you know, I was reading Goodreads reviews and one lady said, Dear Natasha, the reason your parents like Clara more than you is because she isn't drowning in self-pity and loathing <laughs> It's not because she's prettier. And then on and then she says, and on top of this, the main tension revolves around a man and a boring one at that. The single plot point goes back to him, and Natasha has barely any personality outside of this. And to me, that was spot on. I think it just becomes about this. But you know, it could have been anything that Natasha wanted that made her feel loved that Clara could just take because she got everything she wanted. She it could have just been take anything. Yes. And so I guess just a, a silly, stupid. I mean, it could have been, you know, man. a business or something. I don't know. But it's true that he was not worth a hill of beans for sure. Nothing about him was endearing to me. Mm -mm. And he really was just your typical a, a flat bread <laughs> i don't your know typical nothing. spoiled <laughs> rotten aristocrat yes um maybe natasha saw a different side of him maybe he was more true to her in some moments of pillow talk than we know but they never let on to that well I'll she saw some glimpses that she mistook <laughs> 
for him having a heart and uh, being a better person. But it was really just for show and not, there was no emotion to that. It was the life of the aristocrat. This is how we do things. There's no reason to do it otherwise. We don't think about that. This is how we live. We're separate from the common people and that's how it needs to stay. Yes. Well, that, that way of life is quickly crumbling anyway. And I think that one thing that makes this somewhat of a Christmas tale of a modern cautionary tale is the amount of avarice and greed Mm -hmm. that people put into showing off and having all the best of and how much they're willing to go into debt over those things. So it can be or other yes, or other things for can be a cautionary tale of living within your means, not worrying about the outside world. And they have some Christmas parties that are, I don't know, Bacchanalian. And I mean, they are just like some wild Christmas parties going on. In this, this How about the book. cousins? <laughs> that was so freaky. <laughs> I mean, her cousins were potentially trying to kill their dad at all costs. Nobody in the adults are worth a damn. No, the, they're either on laudanum <laughs> or they are, I don't they're drunk all the time or they're snuffling up to Drosselmeyer or mm-hmm. not worth anything. So we have all these flawed characters that represent certain types of lifestyles, I guess. But then we have this magical world happening. And so Drosselmeyer is our introduction to it, but he's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. And as a matter of fact, he's not even the worst one in this magical world where he draws whatever knowledge and maybe perpetual life and magic but he and power power, mostly power i think he just wants power and so there's other characters and then they end up in just like the nutcracker the ballet they go into this magical world during christmas eve and it is not a pleasant place it is there is sugar plums and candy and marshmallow fluffy clouds and all of that but it is completely rancid when you start looking at or at least when Natasha comes through so we get that vision of Clara's coming through this world of magic fairy world and it's almost like she is in that fantasy world of the Nutcracker Ballet and she's going through it in her way but she only sees the light Mm -hmm. she's not going to look beyond what she Mm -hmm. wants to see and the glitter and the glam and the and the beauty of it Natasha's the one who sees in the shadows and she realizes that underneath something is not as sweet as it appears to be. That's true. But I do love the descriptions of this, I have to say, wasteland of a sugar plum fairy realm. I mean, it was trippy. I don't know. It was just very, Mm -hmm. very surrealistic. Not in the way maybe, in maybe modern ways that people think of Alice in Wonderland, that things are just strange and out of place and very dark and very... It's got that Stephen King element to it. You know that Pennywise is going to (laughs) jump out and well, by there the way a, there is a way, creepy clown in this. the harlequin clown <laughs> yes. all i could think of was pennywise it's like shit she has written pennywise into a christmas story i'll never be the same i would not say like you said this is not a cheerful christmas story but it is an interesting dark fantasy i do feel that the characters they do not have depth but they do have interest and i say they don't have depth because you know exactly who they are and they don't break out of that very much although maybe you could say at the end there's some change there's some character arcs for some of them but it is kind of strange it's just how that works yeah it was i found paste magazine had done an interview Mm -hmm. with her 
Uh And they asked her the inspiration for Natasha. Uh And she said that basically Natasha is her sad adolescent self. And so she shows up in her writing. And she asked, was she honoring the Nutcracker? And she said it had nothing to do with honoring the Nutcracker, that she didn't like the ballet. She hated it because you have Drosselmeyer giving coins to these poor peasant children. That's all they're going to get. And then other children sitting there during the ballet who get a small little token gift. And then Clara gets showered with this and she gets to go to Nutcracker land and all this. And and the the disparity of it really evidently pissed her off. Mm -hmm. And she wants nothing to do with the Nutcracker after that. It's kind of like, well, why does she get everything when all these other people don't? And I was kind of taken aback. I have never heard such vitriol expelled over the Nutcracker. I mean, I know people don't want to have to sit through it. She said she loves the music, but she'll never watch the ballet again. That was just, wow. The story originally by E.T.A. Hoffman is dark and creepy. And I looked up to him a little bit and I did read the original story. And it's almost cautionary in that way that don't wish for so much. And it does both looking at the disparities between the haves and the have-nots, I think is always at the core of the Nutcracker. It's not, if you get wrapped up in the beauty, you forget that there's those pieces in there, but they are in there to show you how easily you forget about those pieces. Mm-hmm. You can easily forget that. I really had a strange experience with this book and trying to understand T.S. Eliot because she opened so many chapters with parts of the wasteland. Mm-hmm. And the Wasteland is considered one of the best poems of the 20th century, if you look up. But you have to understand that T.S. Eliot is constantly alluding to all kinds of classical works of literature and know where they come from. Like some phrases come from Tristan and Isolde, or some of them come from Ovid. Or I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so many relevant classical pieces. And so you can t- totally dig into that if you like. But I think she was trying to really make a connection between not seeing the world for really what it is because all that glitters is not gold kind of thing and what Mm -hmm. lays beyond the veil. Why do we always think everything has to be so beautiful and perfect when really what lays underneath it is muck and rot? And so I think those themes are definitely carried out through this story. That part I appreciate. The Wasteland story I really got into, and I still am telling you, if you don't read it without some annotation, you will go, what in the world is this talking about? That's one of the things that we do Mm -hmm. when we read. It makes us dig deeper Mm-hmm. into spaces. You mentioned Tristan and his old, uh-huh. and that's mentioned in our next book as well. So I thought that was interesting that you brought that. <laughs> My ears kind of pricked up when yep. you said that. Yep. She hit a horror story inside the Nutcracker, mm-hmm. and she really ripped it apart, getting into greed, avarice, vices. All vices, vices were a big <laughs> thing in this book. All the vices. <laughs> All the vices. She really pulled back the curtain on it. I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I did like it because I couldn't put it down once I got I wanted to see what was going to You happen. read it very fast. I'm I like, did oh my read gosh. it very fast. I did read it very fast. And it was a great dark story. It's 
totally skewed nutcracker. Sometimes things do that for you. It can ruin it for you or it can open your eyes to something. Mm -hmm. I just really was interested in her take on it and wanted to hear where it came from. One more thing I want to say about the nutcrackers. I was talking about E.T.A. Hoffman, who wrote the original story. He mm -hmm. was always around musicians. Like he was with Beethoven and Mozart. He actually changed his name to Amadeus. I know that's crazy. I just learned these funny things. But the actual ballet is based off of Alexander Dumas's version of E.T.A. Hoffman's Nutcracker, which changed the main character to Clara. Mm -hmm. So it's really Alexander Dumas's version, which I haven't really read. Didn't know it was there until I was learning about E.T.A. Hoffman. But there you go. There's your string. I did go into some of the real people that were mentioned. Okay. Grigori. Oh, yeah. And okay. And the bald man with the pointy chin. Uh -huh. So that, that took that was Lennon. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. She might and have even said Rasputin. that at the very near. And it was Grigori was Rasputin. That's where the Russian thing came in. I kept that thinking. Was, I was like, oh, that, so those are real people. So I looked it up, and sure enough, a whole new ballpark. She threw the ball in. The author goes into real history to bring Natasha forward into where she ends up in the future. Mm -hmm. So that was really interesting because she went from a Russia that no longer exists mm -hmm. to and and all of a sudden she's in the now and you kind of think wow and she was very young when she very young at the end I was mm -hmm. surprised about that what was she 48 or no 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 had it I been 48 she... years later it was 48 uh -huh. years later, later I think mm -hmm. because there's no I was like there's no way that we're at this point and she's only 48 years old it just can't be it was just strange yeah it was strange she was trapped for some time and the time was, changed slowly she was what was it six years there's, there's so much in this center of this book for you guys to dig into that it starts in one way has this really fantasy strange thing in the middle and then ends in another way hmm. it all ties together okay i think the first big chunk of the book ties together well and i think the last part kind of is strange do you think it worked it satisfied my curiosity of what happens in the future with her how does she get through life what happens to everybody i mean it does answer that question it was okay it kept boggling my mind that she had gone from all of this in her childhood everything about it the aristocracy the having money the christmas parties the all of the stuff that she went through and then we get into the nutcracker that christmas eve and then how she ends up it's like it's a whole nother story yeah, you know maybe yeah i don't know but i think it's because that represents that that life did crumble mm -hmm. many people did leave the old world to come to new places the aristocrats did have to get out on their own because right. there was no more money for them <laughs> right no more power no more power no more power that was a thing of the past so yeah it just a lot of things happened and then we're back in reality yeah. just regular everyday ho-hum biscuit reality mm -hmm. after all of the stuff that happened because so many things happened yeah well i wouldn't put it with my christmas books yeah, I would. I, yes, I, what am I going to say? Yes, would I you? would, because it's Christmas. It takes place in Christmas. It it's okay Christmas. that it's not the happy Christmas story or everybody. Yeah. You know, it's okay about that. And it does take place in Christmas. It does change the way you might look at the Nutcracker. Maybe it that's might. a good thing. It might make you delve a little bit more into the Nutcracker. It kind of sounds like we're talking about it. You know, we could go on about this all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could. It does not take long because once you get into it, you really 
really want to know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. It's got your fantasy. It's got your horror. It's got your everyday life. It's got your aristocracy. It's got a little Christmas magic. Not a good kind. <laughs> I really like where she went with this because it was very unexpected. I wasn't expecting this much of a dark story as this turned out to be. So it was I, a good we, Neither one of us had a clue what we were jumping into because we just ordered it. We just mm-hmm. wanted to read it. We knew it was coming out. It sounded cool. And it was cool. There's some definitely great image imagery writing. There's some great historical tie-ins. It definitely got me digging. I mm-hmm. love that part. I do too. Well, we will be back. Same tea time, same teach channel next week with a new book. And it's... That's a very old book. <laughs> it is a very old book, but parts of it will be very familiar to you. I bet everybody could quote something from this book. Christmas Eve, TBS, <laughs> 24 hours. I could quote so much from this book without ever having read it. <laughs> I know. Well, it's going to be a good one. But until then, you can catch us on our usual channels, wherever you get your podcasts, Facebook at The Perfect Blend. Our webpage at the-perfect-blend.com and Instagram at theperfectblend underscore SC. That's right. And until next time, read and and sip sip on. on. Get you some David's tea or some Adagio tea. Better get some Christmas teas. There's so many flavors. There are. And you know what? You're right. They would make good Christmas gifts if you don't think you're going to get through them. But I tell you what, I'm not sharing my secret Santa and I am not sharing my Candy Crush peppermint tea because they're just too good. I mean, the Adagio tea set has little bags that you can put in little gifts with your oh. teacup. So everybody's, everybody's getting some stuff from me. I love it. All right. I have to I have to go. I have to order some Adagio tea. <laughs> I'm bought, I haven't bought Christmas presents yet. But, uh, uh, Merry Christmas. Everybody gets to eat.